You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Take three. You should say, welcome back. Welcome back. I don't know. Is this the fifth segment? I don't know. After a couple stops and starts, I don't know. This should be the best segment we've ever done because it's the third time we get to kick it off. Pinch pinch yourself real quick. Make sure this is real. Man, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and the inimitable. I said it right the first two first times that I screwed it up. The inimitable Robert Bricky are in the house. And I wish that we had more content for today in terms of real sports that are really going on. But it's just that time of year. I've been reduced over the weekend to watching arena football, Johnny Manziel playing fake football, uh, college baseball. I've been watching the regionals at like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I still don't understand how the College World Series works. Big game for Duke on Monday here. Big game for Duke. Yep. And Rafael Nadal won the French Open for the 700th time. It was I think the, he has won every French Open ever. It was his 11th, though. That's, that's, just, that's stupid. Just stupid, man. Why that's even show stupid. up? I, exactly. But that guy, we were, we were talking about sounds earlier, and, and it's a theme. It was bad when Monica Seles and the women of her generation brought that onto the court. I don't know. Some of them are kind of cool. That well, that was my thing. Is sometimes it's like, all right, you know, and you just kind of get numb to it. Whatever. When the guys do it, it really is annoying. And and it's getting worse. Then you add Nadal's pulling his shorts out of his crack between every point. He's literally one, beh- between every point. Maybe that's the secret. I, no, his secret is the way that he aligns his water bottles in front of the bench. You, you're not a tennis fan, I don't think, are you, Trent? Well, no, I don't mind it. I just didn't catch any. Does oh, it? Have you have you ever seen him do that? No, he has I a very specific way that he huh. sets and turns his water bottles, and he'll check and make sure that they're exactly the way he wants them before he goes back. Dude, out. I have a theory though as to why he's so good. I think he's actually a Treyu from the Never Ending Story. Was a tray you losing his hair and refusing to let it go too? Oh, is he starting to now? Oh, dude, Did he have injury so problems thin. that ruined his chance at being the best ever? No, wait, wait. wait. Let's make sure we're hundred percent clear. What? Rafael Nadal will never no be in the conversation. He had a lot of injury problems. He, he did, and years. part of it was caused, I think, because his shorts have always been too small. And his water bottle poor circulation. There was one year his water bottle didn't line up right, and he got injured. Maybe what it is. Yeah, he's. I don't even know. We'd have to find the correlation. He is. He made the mistake of playing in the same era era as Roger Federer. Yeah, and then Djokovic came in and 
yep. had his run and then I guess has disappeared. Him and David Duvall are hanging out somewhere at some bar. <laughs> it could be. Maybe Dustin Johnson is the problem because that's more Djokovic speed, I think. Yeah, but if Dustin Johnson was around a tennis court, all the lines would be gone. Oh, wow. Wow, I didn't even see that one. Wow. That was good. Nice. I like it. Nice, nice, I like nice. It a lot. Did uh, did any of you guys see the U.S. men's soccer team this weekend? Though Mm-mm. this is an be- enormous result they got against France. They went on the road to France, and to be fair, France absolutely dominated play all day, and the U.S. almost won, but uh, got out of there with a one-one draw. And the team, this is sort of as as U.S. soccer transitions. This is sort of a feeling out period, and they had a lot of kids up there. The average experience on that team this weekend was six and a half appearances for the men's team. Wow. Um, And they get out of there with a 1-1 draw in France. And I'm sure had they been able to hold on another 15 minutes and win the thing, France would have moved into full-on meltdown mode. Uh, But surely the French press not impressed with the 1-1 result against this U.S. men's team. Would have that rattled their confidence going into the real tournament? Wouldn't have done it any good, that's yeah. for certain. And, you know, France, they it doesn't take much for them to quit. <laughs> that's, just how, that's just how it goes. We, I, we quit. In Balawai. Surrender, yeah. So, yeah, this is not a great sports time in America. Trent, you made a point off the air. We ought to be gearing up for the World Cup. And everybody ought to be, you know, at least aware of what's going on with the scheduling and all that. But with no U.S. team, but we don't care. Yeah, France is a thirteen to two favorites. Yeah, the, France is one of the favorites coming odds. in. Uh, like I said, it was a great result for America. But it, it, anybody that didn't see the game and saw that we tied one one, don't get excited because mm-hmm. the U.S. got dominated up and down the field the entire day. They got a, I'm not going to call it a garbage goal, but a very fortunate goal, and. Uh, then kind of packed it in a little bit too much and, and weren't able to to withstand the onslaught. France finally got the equalizer. And, and, and to be fair, probably should have won. Well, definitely should have won. Against. Well, so, you know what is uh, depressing about men's soccer and, you know, World Cup and all that stuff now? What's that? Is that the guys are so bad or have been so bad, and I'm getting to the age where I'm starting to wonder, will I see – a team actually do well, you know, because these things are so, you know, every four years, right? And, you know, I'm, I was thinking the other day because now we're in the discussion, not next World Cup, not this one, not next one, but the next one, I'm like, am I still going to be kicking by the time that that one might end up in the United States? That's an interesting observation because I thought 10, 12 years ago it was a foregone conclusion that the right. U.S. would be competitive and make a real want run at a world title. And we have backslid so dramatically. And it's not Taylor Twellman who did the analysis for the game this weekend. He had actually thrown his hat in when U.S. soccer blew itself up to try to take the helm. And he is absolutely correct when he talks about the fact that the men's team is not the problem. The problem is the infrastructure itself. And we are turning soccer into a game like baseball where it's very exclusive. If you want access to the best coaching and access to the facilities and to get into the pipeline, it's a pay-to-play situation. And it's exactly the opposite of basketball where, you know, if you've got talent, 
you're going to play somewhere and you're going to get to play against top competition and it's treated as such. But at the lower levels in soccer, we treat it as this truly recreational thing. And we've even in some states, they've stopped scoring in youth leagues. And that's not building toward it being a competitive power in the game. Um, If you want to see how to destroy your sport with the youth, look no farther than baseball. And soccer has decided they want to run that same type model. Well, it's even worse because baseball players still go through high school systems. The real good soccer players don't even play high school soccer That's anymore. right. So it's even worse than baseball because nowadays, and it's there's rare – Different, you know, you might find a, you know, something here or there where somebody came out of high school. But if you're playing high school soccer, you're not going to go to the next level yeah. because it means you're just not good enough. Well, it's it, tennis. You know, if you're playing high school tennis, you're probably not on track to, you know, be a professional if you're an American kid. So soccer's really got to reevaluate and really get serious from the grassroots up. And you know, we'll see if we've if if as a country. We've got the will and the ingenuity how, to make it happen. I don't know. How are they not scoring, though? Why do you, Why even have goals on the field? Just take the goals off. This is a this is a real thing, okay? I believe it was in Washington State. It could be Oregon. They actually have a youth league there where they play. I, I, I swear this is a true story, and I will show you video at the, after the end of this segment. They don't use a ball. That's a real thing. There is a Parks and Rec League there that is trying to pioneer this, and they play soccer without a ball. And that, to me, first of that, I mean, that just destroys my psyche on a lot of different levels. Right. But it's soccer that they decide to do that with because they're like, oh, anybody can go out and kick a ball. And if you go to watch youth soccer in America now, even in club-level stuff, it's amoeba ball, where everybody just sort of chases the ball around the field. That's not soccer. That's something you do at PE, you know, where you're pushing something around. We don't start teaching the game until late. But like you said, our best athletes don't get into the system because it's so exclusive and it's expensive. It's it's disappointing to me. I grew up as a soccer player. I've lived in Europe. I've seen how the game is played there. I've seen how the youth academy systems and all that work. And if you have talent there, you are going to be found. It's kind of like the basketball system that we have here in America. You don't have kids anymore that are playing in the parks that are legendary park players that aren't plucked at some point during their high school career. Now, they can screw it up. But, Bricky, you want to you opine a little bit about that and, and lessons that soccer could learn from basketball? I think you're right. You've got to make it all-inclusive. Considering the population of our country – there's no reason we shouldn't be producing top-notch, top-level soccer players all the time. I know we're behind in terms of length uh, associated with the game, but we've had enough time to make up that gap. I, I'm still baffled by what you said about playing soccer with no ball. Isn't would, that just a game of tag? I would lead – the league in scoring. I'd say, yeah, sure it did. Well, in, 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 in this right case, there. I think they're all allowed to lead the league in scoring. It, it's just it, – it's amazing. And this – soccer just seems to be that sport. And I have had and been witness to 
lots of things with soccer. I've coached travel soccer with, with at, at very high levels and gone and seen what that looks like. But the process to get your kids to that point is convoluted. And it's it's just a very exclusive system. Baseball's the same way. You people they talk about, well, we need to make the game faster. We made make it this. We need to make it that. No. You need to have kids playing the sport everywhere Stop. that you possibly can. We grew up we grew up in a time in a day and age where pickup baseball was the thing. And you saw kids playing baseball. When was the last time without adult supervision and organization you saw kids playing baseball? Doesn't happen. I pulled up about three years ago. Kids were playing football in the street in front of my house. I almost wanted to get out and be remember a permanent quarterback. I know I couldn't run around. But I was so excited just to see kids on their own yes. have a nerf. Well, actually, I think they use a regular football. And, and have a game and play and be kids. And so I literally – I went in the house. I watched from the window for a while, just because I wanted to see how they, you know, how they did. But it was just it brought back a lot of childhood memories. Well, I think in the United States, and I can I can speak to this because I had two that went through the soccer system. It starts for a lot of United States citizens as a way to socialize your children. Right. There's, you know, internationally, it's a focus. Like I'm starting to play as a child because I want to be a professional yes. player. So the focus is totally different from the very beginning because the most unathletic kids on earth are out there on the soccer field. You hit it on the head. And for boys, it's even worse than it is for girls because soccer seems to be the place as a kid. Well, we tried baseball. Right. We tried basketball. Well, just think about it. Well, we'll we'll have them go out and play soccer. Just think about it. If you send a kid to the plate and he strikes out, that's a, in their mind a loss. If you're just ch- you never even touch the soccer ball. I've seen kids out there running around, didn't even touch it, fall down on the ground, feel like they've done something. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's just little little Johnny get out there and let's socialize and right. teach him teamwork. Blah blah blah. The focus is not ever to get good as the rest of the world. Well, when we decide that we want to be as good as the world uh, as the rest of the world, we will be. You're listening from the cheap seats. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Now, proudly on the Ironic Media Network, I-R-O-N-I-Q. I got to make sure I get that right. I've got a segment I want to introduce, and I want to give you time to think about it. It's simple. Top five. Okay. So we change the category every week. All right. So along with your dog days analogy, top five sports that could fill the gap in the summer. Ooh. Mm -hmm. So should we do this right now or should we roll? We're going to give you a segment to 
marinate. Right. Yeah, All let's right. let's marinate on that. Robert, I will say, executive producer now of the- <laughs> He is like he's been here enough where he's like, mm, I'm not gonna let this ship sink any deeper. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and give them some structure. He's like, they're not gonna talk about soccer anymore. But I no, will no. say one <laughs> last not, thing. Not trying to cut off the soccer conversation. Here, here's one last thing to that I'll I played soccer at a relatively high level for for me. I was to give you some perspective, and you don't even know this about me, Chris, is that I was all SEC first team, uh, unanimous from all the coaches. So every every coach in the conference voted for me for my position. But the thing about it is, is I got looked at by one school, and it was Campbell University. And I started off to go play soccer there. Um, Didn't work out because I was a knucklehead. But what I will tell you is, is the people who were evaluating the players have gotten it wrong. Now, this was a long time ago. They may have made some progress. But if you didn't make it deep into the state playoffs or win your own state, they're not even looking at you. Like these scouts for these, you know, pro teams – um, I mean, colleges even. They're not even digging down. I can guarantee you right now, Lee Sr., the soccer team, they got some of the better players in the state that you're just not getting looked at. Maybe it's the conference or whatever the case may be. But I was literally told at a camp, look, unless you're winning the state championship, you t- typically don't even get looked at. Well, that's a fact. <laughs> and, you know, when you look at the college, when you look at – funds and you look at the resources available to get out there send scouts around and all the rest it's a mess it's a mess and and really in america i don't think there's any disputing that america pumps out the best athletes every year on the planet and if you you know you don't believe that you don't watch the nba you don't watch the olympics there is no reason that soccer shouldn't be picking off its fair share of those top-level athletes, and they're just not. Well, and this is, this is my take on the whole thing. So this is what I ask people that live in America right now. Take this World Cup and embrace your heritage. Root for the country that your family came from or where you may have came from yourself. Root for them real hard and be inspired to be that athlete that wins that World Cup and then take a look around at where you are and sign up for the USA and take them to that glory. You honor where wow, you're I'm from in, uh, and I'm you inspired. take it to, to the USA. I'm inspired. Right, 17% of our population is Hispanic or Latino. And how many of our MLS teams are in communities that would you would consider densely populated by Latinos. I would have to look it up, but you know what? And that's exactly my point. I mean, So that kid that is sitting here in Sanford, North Carolina, that's not getting looked at, because there's some really good soccer players here. My, Absolutely. My master's, my master's degree thesis I did on <coughs> MLS and expansion among the MLS franchises and sort of the vision moving ahead. It is ridiculous that communities like San Antonio. San Antonio is one of the bigger cities in the market. You're talking about a top 20 population center in America, and you have one professional sports franchise, and that's the Spurs. Are the Spurs uh, – how, how are they doing? Doing pretty well? Yeah, they yeah get once they get, get LeBron get Spurs here in a ticket. few weeks, they'll be fine. Well, here's, here's my thing is that you got San Antonio. Can you imagine if you put – a professional soccer team in El Paso, Texas. I mean, I, honestly, and I'm not trying to sound racist, but 
you play to the demographic, but instead MLS has been insistent upon expanding into the same markets where all of this competition already exists. Mm -hmm. We have two teams in LA and two teams in New York now. Great. Let me tell you, there's a boys team in soccer right now. They got to be hitting like their mid teens that no team in Raleigh wants any piece of. Like we have some really good talent coming out of Lee County right now. And I know that you have to take my word for it, but I'm around soccer fields a lot, man. There, I mean, we got some really good talent, but it speaks to the – yeah, wh- why isn't there another team in Saint, um, San Antonio? San Antonio uh, – I used to travel a lot. That's the one place I went that I really didn't want to leave. San Antonio is It's nice. Cool. The river walk bad. and all. Yes, sir. But I get your point. Like, why, what, why wouldn't you want to play to that demographic? Or why, honestly, why isn't there another sport? That's a really good question. I don't know. If you look at coolest cities that people want to go to here in the country, Austin, Texas is always going to be on that list. Austin is an amazing city, has a very big Hispanic population. How many pro sports franchises are in Austin, Texas? They're a baseball team, don't they? Austin? They don't no. have, I thought they had uh, a no. No. zero. Okay. No, that wow. Good. No. And the last thing about soccer, it's not, not like there's no money in it, right? Like, I mean, some of the richest athletes in the world Absolutely. are soccer players. And the best we can do with regard to MLS is, you know, bring these European retreads in and, right. you know, let them finish up their careers in, we're, in the U.S. We're yeah. like we're like the Lakers of world soccer. They come here when they haven't won anything or they're – Carl Malone and Gary Payton. <laughs> exactly. We're, where you come home and play but, poorly for two years. You know, I see a trend in recruiting among high school ath- athletics. Most kids are going to academies now and private schools because summer ball – Summer travel ball has has really taken over the place of high school uh, athletics because you have such a dense concentration of talent that I could watch at a few tournaments over the summer and identify the kids that I want to recruit. And then the follow-up is at the high schools during the high school season. And I think soccer's kind of the same way. Football, not so much because it's you got to deal with so many kids, but the smaller sports, smaller numbers wise, are going to academies and private schools and and like in Fayetteville, a lot of great basketball talent. Most of them go to private schools. You go to the public school game, it's awful because they all leave right. and go to the private schools. And when I run into a parent who says they have a kid playing travel baseball, I I don't go awesome. I say, oh, God, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's a full time job, and and it's even worse for travel hockey. I mean, my buddy in Texas is a uh, welcome. Wow, <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have to devour have to the this. microphone. It's it's a it's a he, sensitive uh, piece of equipment. He uh, has a son that's in travel. Fifty weeks out of the year, they have two weekends off a year. Wait, 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 wait. He plays what sport? Baseball. 50 weeks? Since the kid has been like four years old. It's ridiculous. In Texas, in Houston. It's ridiculous. And it's a heck of a commitment. And how many families are willing to put in that kind of time? And to be honest, most of those kids that go through the pipeline, it, it, here's the thing. Statistically, 
it doesn't even give that kid that much no. more of an opportunity to play pro ball. Mm-mm. Because at some point, the athletic talent separates itself, yep. and being a, a talented baseball player does not outweigh a lack of athleticism. Well, here's so what you've done is you've not made you've not grown this group of top shelf athletes that are going to play pro baseball. What you've done though is exclude all these other kids who aren't interested and don't play the game and therefore don't want to follow the game. Yeah, and you've got a bunch of kids that played travel baseball and then can't get a scholarship to college because. There's no money in baseball Dude, programs you're, you're at these universities. A, you're absolutely right because if you look at the Dominican Republic, it, they'll go find kids will go find a stick and a can, and that's how they learn how to play baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, they and, bottle caps in and Puerto Rico. There, my friend was telling me they would do a broomstick and a bottle cap, and they would pitch it and try to hit it. I love it. Did, did you see the Brian Gumble special on this topic? Uh-uh. I sure did. And my wife said, my wife told me in the middle of that. I've been hearing you say that from the day we met. Right. But they had, finish they your thought. a couple, had a son and a daughter. Son played baseball. I think the dollar, track. daughter played. She was okay. track. So, but they the, two the different daughter sports. was track. Yeah. So they were spending all this money and time. The dad would go with the son on the weekend, the mom, the daughter. And, and they, I don't forget the number of weeks they traveled and the amount of money they spent in hopes of getting a scholarship. I'm thinking – Course, How about an annuity? Here's the financial advisor to me. Put it in a, a college a savings plan. And you'd have plenty of money for your kid to go to college <laughs> because they, they were dropping. It was tens of thousands of dollars yeah, a year. easy. And, and mom would go with years. the son. I think it was mom would go with the son on his weekends. Dad went with the daughter. And they travel. I mean – and that was that's their that's life. That's what they did. And that's their commitment. And everybody has to have a hobby. And that's cool. And if that's you know what they want to get out of it. But I did see it and they they broke <laughs> it down and said it's an investment. Yeah. You know, they they hope to reap the rewards in scholarship money. I know better ways to make that money grow. You know, just is what it is. Yeah. Anyway. But you still have these kids like like you said in Puerto Rico and the Dominican that are making gloves out of cardboard and duct tape. <laughs> To your point, I think what we do in here in the States is we just make the sport so exclusive. Well, it's we like, do. And, and, and we make it exclusive. Baseball and soccer, we make it exclusive. We make it difficult to play. We make it especially difficult to play against top-level talent. And it's crushing both games. We'll finish that thought, or maybe we're already finished with it. I don't know. See you on the other side. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live. That it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart. You'd no doubt talk with your loved ones, and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you an earthquake will happen tomorrow. But what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Or not. M2. Or not. M2. 
Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Or not. M2. Or not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. And now, from Sanford, North Carolina, Chris Lambert and Brandon Atkins. Got money, got fame, fast cars and everything. Yeah. I want to dance and I got to sing too. Krista Lambert welcoming you back to From the Cheap Seats. Robert Bricky, Diamond Dave Kaplan, Professor Trent Nichols, and B.A. Brandon Atkins hanging out with me. And, yeah, Dave, you cracked me up because you walked in. You're like, how far are in you are you into the show? And when we told you this first segment, you're like, how, yeah. how are you already talking about Soccer and expansion soccer and expansion makes it that shows headline. the depth headline. of our knowledge and it our does willingness. It show the depth of knowledge, but it also shows every that sport. these are indeed the dog days of summer. <laughs> it shows you one of Chris's favorite things to talk about. I do love talking about some soccer now. Yeah. I, I, I would love it a whole lot more if the and U.S. You qualified like the for the prospect on these fringe cities getting uh, major leagues, which I agree. You, with you. You've been paying I, attention, I man. You. Yeah, you've been paying attention. I, you know, if I was looking at at, at the state of North Carolina. To put a soccer team in, Raleigh and Charlotte would be at the bottom of my list. I'd be looking at Wilmington. Yeah. I'm just saying. Think outside the box. Yeah, you need a community to really buy in. Yeah. Raleigh, Charlotte, too much going on. That's right. What about Fayetteville, Raleigh? Fayetteville may be at that point where it's got too much going on. No. You just have to wear minor league baseball, right? Minor league baseball. Yeah, we've got a new team coming, 2019 Astros affiliate. That that stadium stadium plan is. Dope. Yeah. That'd be one of the prettier minor league baseball stadiums in the country. It's really nice. Have you seen the plans for that, Dave? I, well, I see it under construction. you got to reroute it all of the roads down right. there. There you go, grumbling. Get off the so, lawn. Can't so stop progress, Dave. Can't I've got stop two progress. things. We need to get to our top five, and then I'm going to introduce another segment. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Here we go. This is called Clevelanding Place. Nah. Oh, wow. That's true. I wanted to do that anyway. We need to hand I'm going to give you a team, and you've got to give him a reason why LeBron would go or a reason he would not go. I'll Let's like do it. that first. Cleve Landing yeah. Place. Let's do that first. All right. That, I, re- that, I already got the city. You got the city? Are you ready? Do we that, need time? First of all, that play on words was Trent, Trent worthy. Yeah. Cleve Landing Place. Go. 
Good Cleveland landing him. place in the first week city is the Houston Rockets. So you want a reason why and a reason why not? Well, no, you either you can buy it or sell it. I'm 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 buying. In fact, Brandon and I had this conversation last week. I think Houston is number one Uh-oh. in terms of possible landing spots. Why? I think that LeBron, at this point in his life, wants two things, and and I want to be a hundred percent clear on this. LeBron wants a max deal, and LeBron wants to play with superstars. He can go to Houston. There are enough basketballs to go around. You're looking at a team that was a couple minutes away from pushing past Golden State and winning a world championship. I think it's a no-brainer. So I'm going to put Houston at number one. And I think that James Harden, the thing that we've said about him all along, is James Harden doesn't have that killer instinct. James Harden, in a situation like that, gets to, for extended periods of time, just kind of float and be a spot-up shooter. Right. He doesn't have to have the ball in his hands, you know, 65 times down the floor. Brandon. So, you're a financial guy, Robert. It, you said buy or sell. Can I, can I just put in an, a strong hold? Can I hold this stock? And the reason I say and that – There are times for that, too. So – Okay, yeah. If you take this team that almost knocked off Golden State Warriors and stick LeBron on them, they're good. They're good in theory. But the best fit, I'm probably leaning towards. Well, you're getting ahead of yourself. We're going to do this team by team. I'm not moving on. I'm I'm saying what I'm trying to. If I could finish my statement here, geez. Um, Didn't you put three your three stars all? are scorers first, score first stars. And I was telling Chris already, it reminds me of what they tried to do in OKC. Melo's not his old self anymore. But then you got LeBron thrives in situations in which people can spread out and spot up shoot because he's a distributor first, then score, or sometimes both at the same time. You put him on a team with Harden that shoots the ball 50 times a game, and then CP3 is not your traditional traditional point guard anymore. He's offense first, and he usually tries to find his own shot. So it, while it would be a good team, I don't know that it's the best fit for LeBron. So I like it. I'll I'll hold it. I want to look and see what see where how they play together. Professor, I I will be very quick on this. James Harden didn't show up a year ago. LeBron quit this year. Put them all together, man. A bunch of losers and quitters. <laughs> Overpaid, crybaby, non-leader, losers and quitters. Go to Houston. Enjoy the tax-free money, LeBron, and stay out of the Celtics and Golden State's way. Deuces, King. And that, Brick, is another piece of the equation. There is no state income tax in the state of Texas. So and LeBron, if you listen team, to the if you listen yeah. to the post game press conference, where he's talking about what his future is, he wants to make ownership type money, and the tax implications in Texas are a little bit of it. You know, if he wants to make the most money in terms of just a raw contract, staying in Cleveland is the place to be. They can pay him more than anybody else, but you got to turn around and pay that they pay that income tax. 
I think that the tax implications, when you talk about no state income tax, I think it's a, I think that's where he's Chris, going. Chris, at some point you need to read Dwayne Wade's Twitter. Right. And that's go where ahead. I'm going with go that. Go to Houston. Talk about Houston, Dave. He, he wants to go somewhere he wants to be. And, and, you know, I've never been to Houston. Great so city. I'm, I'm not going to badmouth it, but I think there's better – Austin would be – I know they don't have basketball, but there's better cities in <coughs> Texas. San Antonio, which is going to be one of your choices, probably. Well, but could, there's, there's better cities. Austin to Houston be in. is an hour. You're a couple oh, hours from Austin to Houston. No, no. It's, it's, but I don't know if his family wants to be there. I don't see him owning the Houston Rockets, and I do think he wants to be an owner one day. So I say no to Houston. Okay. Brick, you have any observations, or are you just facilitating? In you this? know, I'm going to facilitate, but I will say I think uh, Carmelo's done. And, and he's going to join the Rockets. Remember the Banana Boat crew? I think they all want to play together. And Carmelo's at a point where he needs a spot-up shoot. That's all he needs to do. I, I cannot imagine Chris Paul and James Harden endorsing a move to get Carmelo Anthony to come to Houston. I can't imagine. Now, publicly, they may, hey, you're our, yeah, you're our guy. But when ownership sits down, they're like, dude, right. this dude, dude this he's done. I don't think Melo could make your league right now, Robert. I honestly <laughs> don't. It would I think be he's a nice draw up. if he did. Yeah, I really yeah. I don't Again, think he has left anything. That adds a year or two to his career because he doesn't have to do a lot with the ball. Hey, you catch it, you open it, you shoot it. Brother, he didn't have to do anything with the ball this year and did nothing. And he can't guard anybody. He's a defensive liability. I know Ref Westbrook will pass, but he's not the PG you need to take All you right. to get you over the hump. Okay. So who's the next who's the next city? We're only doing one today. Oh, we're only doing we're one today. We're on the top five. Oh, okay, we're, okay. We're okay, top okay. five okay. now. All right. So what what I want to talk about next is I owe the country of the United States of America an apology. Last week, I stated that LeBron James, in my opinion, had surpassed Michael Jordan as the greatest player of all time. Be careful. I Don't. retract my statement. In uh, fact, in fact, after this past week's worth of occurrences and what's gone down, I put LeBron James at three all time. Three. Oh, who's two? Kobe. Oh. <laughs> hey, you're the same guy that gave me permission to open hand slap anybody who brought Kobe into the conversation. This is about two. That was ago. before LeBron James blamed this thing on his hand that he broke himself. I got, I got and before I saw him and his teammates quit on the floor in, in the Game Four Finals. I I got a stat for you. Go ahead. Michael Jordan, ten and four, is an underdog. In finals games, got it. He was not an underdog often, fourteen games, but he was ten and four. Uh, LeBron is eight and twenty-four. Eight and, and twenty. Too bad they can't play by themselves. That they need these other things. I'm going to throw a stat out here. I'm going to throw a stat out here. In the 1991 NBA Finals, four to get, four to one, Chicago beat the Lakers. A, a the, washed up Lakers the team. Sh- the Chicago bench. In that series, in the series, five games, I'll give a dollar to the person who guesses the closest 
to what the bench combined to score in that entire series. How many bench points in in, in the entire games, series? 110. Dave. No, less than that. How many? 40. I was going to say 38. 50. 63. You guys are being silly. 63. That's less than 13 points a game for the entire series. In 98, when Pippen missed game six against the Utah Jazz, Jordan put up 45. The next highest scorer for the for the Chicago Bulls without Scottie Pippen was Tony Kukoc, who went for 15. The two of them combined for 60 of the 87 points the team scored to win the series. Okay, who was against two Hall of Famers? Hold on, hold on. The Michael Jordan who was conversation the is who, over. Who was the start of the the starting five though? For whom? For the Bulls. In 98? Yeah. <clears throat> Jordan. Okay. Rodman. Okay. Kukoc. All right. Pippen. No, Pippen didn't play. I just said Pippen didn't play in game six. Oh, in one game? I'm, and we're the game that they clinched the title and Jordan went for 45. We're all supposed to feel bad about uh, for Michael Jordan for not having Pippen for one game. Like, just look at that starting five. How many, how many points, how many points <laughs> per game? Do you need a bench with how that many, starting five, how, Robert? Hold on. No. Hold on. Hold on. For the first three... For the first three of these championships, how many how many points per game did Scottie Pippen average per his career? I don't know, man. Sixteen. So, He's a sixteen point a game guy, dude. But the the year Jordan retired the first time, how many did he average? I don't know. You'd have okay. to tell me. Well, I mean, that year he retired, they their overall record, regular season record, only dropped by one game. How far did they get in the playoffs? Yeah, but they didn't get far in the playoffs. Let me ask you, speaking of playoffs and finals, you have I'm gonna go in I'm going somewhere with this. Sure. Your daughter Jessie is in town, right? Yes, she Visiting is. Visiting you. How and old is she? She knows that Michael Jordan's better too. How how old is she 14. right now? Fourteen? Yes. You know the last time that LeBron wasn't in the finals, she was six years old. I got you. Think about that for a second. Just because he can't beat Essentially, the best teams that ever been assembled doesn't mean he, he's not just as good. The Bulls couldn't beat this Durant, Steph Curry team. I get. I guarantee you one thing: the Bulls wouldn't have quit against him. And him punching a whiteboard, Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr in the face. That's man stuff, brother. And you know what? Punching a man in the face. That's right. If he was a man, he was a leader. He would have punched J.R. Smith in the face. You know what he and, did? And, and hey, hold on, hold on, but instead he, he sat on the bench and he pouted hold and he on, cried and then he ran off the court, wouldn't shake hands with anybody, and went and punched the whiteboard. Yeehaw. All right, start. Leader, look at, King. Look at your leader. starting five for the current Cleveland uh, Cavaliers. Uh-huh. Almost all of them would be on the bench of this 98 hey, team. Brandon. You know, who wouldn't, you know who wouldn't be on the bench of that 98 team? Kyrie Irving. You know why Kyrie Irving's not in Cleveland? Because LeBron James is toxic. We'll finish that on the other side. I'm Krista Lambert. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. 
Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. In the words of the illustrious Chuck D., Welcome to the Terradome. It's on and popping in here today. And Brandon and I, we may make it out of here alive, but it, somebody's going to get scuffed up. <laughs> yeah. it, it could be close. Brandon is in full-on stat collection mode right now. While he's right. doing well, it. Well, no, I'll tell you what I'm looking at. What you looking at? You looking at highlights of Jordan putting it in somebody's no, eye when it mattered most? You know, you know what I am looking at, though? What you looking at? That team, you always give that oh. LeBron team – that lost to the Mavericks back in 2011. You talk about the team grief. that LeBron played on with two other Hall of Famers, right? Yeah, you know, you just put Kobe Bryant ahead of him. That same Mavericks okay. team swept the Lakers the same year. Okay, what did they do when the, the two championship teams that the Lakers ran past them? And, and Kobe saying, did it with you, Paul Gasol and Meta World Peace. He had Paul Gasol, <laughs> Andrew Bynum was a good player. I mean... Come on now, like I that's mean, just good players. So- We're talking about good players. Kevin Love is a good player. But- Kyrie Irving is a great player. Dwayne Wade is a Hall of Fame player. Chris Bosh is a Hall of Fame player. Ray Allen's already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but you can't if you're gonna ding. You said the number one thing. This is two weeks ago, so that might have changed because you've flip flopped on everything else. The, I have flip flop on anything the, else. The, the, I have flip flop on this one hundred percent. The thing about the thing about this is, is you said the number one thing that you that keeps LeBron being better from Jordan is getting beat by that Dallas Mavericks team. Yep. And they swept your Kobe's Lakers the same year. So okay. I mean, what kind of logic is that? See, but the thing about Brandon is he always talks about the team and the surrounding players. LeBron built this team, man. He surrounded all these. Tristan Thompson has a max deal because because LeBron LeBron said you have to give him a max deal. Kyrie Irving is not on this team. Kyrie Irving is better than anybody else maybe that LeBron ever played with. I'd say I'd take Kyrie over Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosh. And LeBron ran him out of town because he couldn't quit sunning him. That's a factor. I don't disagree. You know, when when Michael Jordan went out and was like, hey, I want you guys to bring Scott Williams in, that was Scott Williams on a vet minimum deal. Not give this guy $16 million a year. I And, and it just is what it is. Dude, Kyrie, now, Kyrie thinks the world's flat, bro. 
Kyrie is I mean, trolling everybody. Kyrie's smarter than everybody in this room, I believe. He's funny, and I love the fact that he's got people convinced that he thinks the world is flat. However, he needs to lay off that because he's actually convinced one of my kids that oh God. maybe – Maybe there is something to this. Right. I'm, dude, I'm just snatching not. No. I, I think you're comparing three players, two of whom are the same type, and one is not. Who are we Remember, talking about? One of these things is not like the other. All right. Yep. Kobe and, and Jordan were killers. Yes. They were assassins. They were Jason Bourne. They, they were just all-out kill, And they – they took no prisoners. And LeBron, LeBron is a cryo. Is more of a <laughs> military strategist. Okay, all right. He's going right. to figure out a plan. But he's going to get people it, involved. But isn't his? But isn't his strategy all too often when it comes to the finals? Doesn't he end up being like General Custer? Dude, no. LeBron is like that Afghan troop that was on horseback. That you know, you have to jump on there and go fight them. <laughs> Look, as much as I love riling up Brandon. I do. I honestly have to say, I'm not. I'm not certain that I'm going to put Kobe ahead of of LeBron. And, and like you said, one of these things is not like the other. However, I honestly, this is this is nothing to do with messing with Brandon on this. My perception changed over the course of about ten days, and I honestly was will. I Me too. LeBron is the guy, and what unfolded after that. It changed my perception back, well, and I'm thinking back to the flu game. I'm thinking to adversity, and here's the biggest thing that I'm thinking about. Michael Jordan, more than likely, I don't want to get sued, more than likely a gambling issue had to do with why Michael Jordan left the NBA for a year and a half and went and played baseball. Is that fair to say? Probably had a little something to do with it. Allegedly. 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 You're real worried about getting sued. (laughs) Allegedly, probably had something to do with it. However, the – American buying public at large, if you said that even today, wouldn't have any idea what you were talking about. If you said it 20 years ago, wouldn't have had any idea what you were talking about. And the way it was spun was genius. LeBron breaks his hand on a whiteboard, which is not an unforgivable thing. The thing but about- then he manages the story so that nobody talks about it. When do they roll it out? Post game, game four. Oh, he's been playing with a broken hand. And he's been playing in an NBA basketball game at the highest athletic level in the world with no cast, but he can't make it through a press conference without a cast. Come on, man. Well, tough press conference. The the first thing that, the first thing that Jordan stated when he was at the presser the first time he retired, the reason, reason for leaving the game, in the number one or number two slot is that he said it was mentally exhausting to play at this level. Can you imagine, David Kaplan, for one second, if LeBron James said, hey, I'm going to go play tight end for a couple of years. I'll be back maybe. I don't know. Do you know how bad the media would crush this guy, him walking away from the game that he's supposed to be in? They would absolutely destroy him if he left the game. They would. At any point they they well, would at this point, but I think they would at this point because of the total communications debacle that everything about LeBron has always been. Some of it his fault and some of it not. But it's not going to get any better this summer 
Because LeBron is going to own this summer. And even after he's decided where he's going to go, he's going to milk it and milk it and milk it some more. Because that's what he do. And Robert, you know way more basketball than me, but let's talk about that term killer that you used, right? The same way he played that story out, you know, I feel bad for his father passing away, but he got a kind of a pass because all that happened with his father and God rest his soul. But you use the word killer. I'm looking at a stat on ESPN right now. Go ahead shots in the final five seconds of the fourth quarter or OT in NBA postseason games. Jordan has three buzzer beaters. James has four. Jordan was five of 11 with these shots. James is six of 13, 46% versus Jordan's 45%. Where are we getting this killer whoa, stuff from? How many playoff whoa, games whoa, did Michael whoa, Jordan whoa. play and how many have That's, a, that's the piece play? of it. But what you're missing here is, Brandon, you are using statistics where statistics don't belong. Because the perception, oh, like Robert no, says, <laughs> don't let facts get in the way. Like Robert says, no. Like, how any, many times window, we, we can think of, we can think of of two times in the postseason where Jordan passed when everybody thought he was going to shoot. Jordan was going to kill you. People forget Steve Kerr, Paxson, B.J. Armstrong. Craig Hodges, all those huge shots that all the I'm the only there one that all those huge I'm, shots. I'm the only one that remembers all that. There were two. You know, I'm the only one that remembers all that. There were two in the finals. People want to take LeBron's Kyle Corver has a Kyle Corver has a better shooting percentage lifetime than anybody you just named. I bet you J.R. Smith has a better three point percentage my, lifetime than anybody you just named. My only point in is, game is one, that if you're going to kill, I'm not saying you brought it up, but if you're going to kill LeBron James because Ray Allen hit one shot against the Spurs. I'm not killing then him. Then don't, I don't want to hear it because you obviously forgot the time Jordan kicked it out to Paxson. You know what I mean? It's it's like revisionist history. He and dumped, I'm, He dumped it down to Bill Cartwright one time. Too. Oh, yeah, man. Pretty sweet shot from time. the side. I'm just kidding. But, but yeah. the fact is, is that I'm disappointed. I'll switch the conversation up just a little bit because I'm killing you guys. It's like three against. Uh, I'm, it's one against three, and I'm killing I, you guys. I really disagree with um, you because game one, the part that we've completely left out of this is LeBron's got the ball top of the key, matched up one on one, and instead of trying to make the shot to win the game, he shoots it down in the post to George Hill, who gets fouled. Why? He one on one. He was matched up. There was no help there. He's at the top of the key, and he decided, "I'm going to put it in George Hill's hand at the end of this ball game." And my, if you think at that point, with that surrounding cast, that Kobe was going to pass that ball to anybody, you've bumped your head. But, Michael Jordan. The only way he would have made that pass is out of a double team. That's what you're leaving out. Is that the passes to Kerr and to Hodges were designed, and you can go back and listen to the Chris. audio associated with the end of those games where. Jordan says things like, they're going to double me. Be looking for this. Chris, how, you know basketball. Everybody here knows basketball except for Trent. Um, <laughs> how many times when LeBron drove past a seven-footer did he not have another seven-footer and one other player helping out? How many times did LeBron get triple-teamed in the, in the lane? I don't disagree that he should have kept that ball. I agree with you 100%. Well, let's talk about, but, let's talk but, about the but other aspects. Let's not talk about offense. What about defense? How many times did LeBron try to guard Durant to stop him? If he's the greatest in the world, 
Why why was it Kevin Love and whoever the heck jumping out at him? J.R. Uh, Smith checked him. Smith <laughs> when Durant was hitting those threes to put the dagger in him. Where was LeBron playing defense? When does LeBron play defense? Let me man? ask you a question. Michael Trent. Jordan would have locked it down. Let me ask you a question. Um LeBron James played how many games this year? About a hundred. What does that even matter? We'll get to this on the other side. WDCC listeners, follow us over to the internet. You can find us from the Cheap Seats in the iTunes podcast app. Love you guys. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. I think we're all still friends here, but some of us are better at this than others. Brandon's I'll take that as a compliment. Brandon's go-to when we talk about titles is to drop, well, I guess Robert Ory is the best player in history, and nobody's suggested that. I do, as I was looking through some things getting ready for this week, I looked up some things about Bill Russell and did some digging. And Bill Russell, there are people out there, old school, that will tell you Bill Russell's best player in NBA history. Bill Russell won 11 NBA titles in 13 years. 11 in 13 years. That's ridiculous. However, and this doesn't take anything away from Bill Russell, probably the greatest rebounder of all time. He's second all-time behind Wilt Chamberlain. At the time Bill Russell entered the NBA in 1956-57, how many teams were in the NBA at that point? Eight. Eight. Eight teams. Would someone – we talked about – you know, we've talked about Jordan has his Pippen, and Pippen seems to be the albatross for people that want to hate on Michael Jordan. Oh, well, Pippen was this, Pippen was that. First of all, Pippen as a rookie was taken as – nobody in the country even knew who Pippen was. He averaged eight points a game as a rookie. And to eliminate Michael Jordan's impact on on Scottie Pippen becoming what Scottie Pippen ultimately became, which I think is a consensus top 50 guy, is marginalizing that. But that said, we still look and we're like, well, you know, Jordan had Pippen. Well, Kobe, you look at the first three of his championships, and he had Shaq. 
And arguably, Shaq, a lot of people feel like Shaq is one of the best three or four players of all time. It's a, it's a valid argument. Four, four NBA titles, three with the Lakers, one with the Heat. But I will say this to you. Well, let me, let me finish my thought on Bill Russell first. Bill Russell won an NBA championship as a rookie in 1957. Beat the St. Louis Hawks. He averaged 22.5 rebounds a game. Hmm. 22.5 rebounds a game. He had a game in the finals where he had 32 rebounds. How many Hall of Famers were on Bill Russell's 1957 championship team with the Boston Celtics? This is Hall of Fame players, Trent. I'm not sure. Probably zero. Did uh, Cap? I'd say three. Brick. Two. Brandon. One. Seven. Seven. Seven Hall of Fame players. Good job. Seven Hall of Fame players on that 57 Boston Celtics championship team. And that doesn't even get to the era when he had Bob Cousy and John Havlicek and those guys. Man, he was tearing up those peach baskets. Casey Jones, Sam Jones, Tommy Heisen, Frank Ramsey, Cousy, Havlicek, all of these guys played with Bill Russell. Now, there is some validity if you want to say, well, the reason they're in the Hall of Fame is because they won all those NBA titles. Sounds like... Jordan and Pippen there, doesn't it? Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. bit. I mean, the reason Pippen's even considered well, it, was because it doesn't, of Jordan, not the opposite. It, it, it does. I don't think anybody's putting you know Tommy Heinsohn on their all-time 50 right. NBA players. But what it does speak to is how that the fact that they won those NBA titles changes your perception of who those guys were. Because we're talking about guys like Steve Kerr and Craig Hodges being money in prime time. Steve Kerr wasn't even, he was a marginal NBA player. And to throw out a name like Kerr or Hodges, Hodges during the middle of the Bulls run was an unsigned free agent at the All Star break. And competed in the three-point contest with nobody's jersey on because he was nobody wanted him. Hey, Chris. By the way, you're missing the the point. I'm not saying oh he had Kerr. I'm saying he dished it to people like Kerr who hit big shots. I'm not saying Kerr helped him get to the promised land by any stretch of the imagination. But I mean, you know, if you say I disagree with him passing it to George Hill, I'll concede that. Well, but you can't dog him for doing it when Jordan's done all this exactly same thing. But I don't think – in fact, I know that in the entire time that I grew up watching Michael Jordan, there was never a time in a moment that mattered that I watched him make a dumb play that included deferring to somebody else. Now, in the, in the moments where he dished that – I think it was a smart basketball player. There are times, and and this this most recent one is one of those where you've got a chance. And LeBron played one of the maybe the most perfect basketball game I've ever seen played at any level in Game One against Golden State. What he did was superhuman. But in the closing seconds, Kobe, Jordan. Any of the other guys that are on this list would have taken the game into their own hands, and I felt like he deferred. And that's been, for better or for worse, fair or not, one of the knocks against LeBron as time has gone on. Now, 
when you talk about LeBron hitting, you know, those last second shots, LeBron, if I had to choose somebody to take a shot in today's NBA, that's the guy probably that I want taken. And there may be, you know, maybe Durant or Curry gets the nod. LeBron has that capability. It's the willingness to put himself out there. The way this was handled from a communication standpoint, I'm not even going to bash the guy because he broke his hand. But the fact that he played three games with no cast in the NBA Finals and then shows up to the press conference and wants to yuck it up about his hand, that's why people don't like him. As Tupac would have said, and this is the second hour, right? You wonder why they call you a bitch. Actually, I think this is the uh, – might need to edit that last one out. Are we in the second hour? Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> Woo! <laughs> that's, that's, that's how our why second hour – Why they call you a bitch. I say the defense is a big deal, dude. The defense no, is a big deal, and that's the thing that's lost on these Bulls teams. I don't teams. care if he played 100 games, but, man. Seven more games, suck it up. Here's the thing, though, and that's what's lost on the Bulls teams of the 90s. That was as good – a defensive team as has ever played NBA basketball. I mean, how many first team all in uh, defensive all NBA did Jordan and Scottie Pippen? I mean, that's what Scottie Pippen won every well, year. And for, well, the, made, for, the second, really for the second three of those championships, you take Rodman, who was an amazing. But how many all defensive teams did LeBron? I, mean, I don't know, and I'm not knocking him, but is he ever a first team all defensive player? Probably LeBron? not. Probably, you, I, no, maybe sure. maybe first team. Rick, but you no, gonna, you gonna break us off some basketball knowledge? No, if you ever watched LeBron on defense, that's where he rests, right. without a doubt. Yeah. Like he, and and then, okay, this is one thing I don't like about him. He'll get beat, and then he'll look at another guy and throw his hands up. <laughs> it ain't my fault. And I'm like, dude, you got beat. Just man up. I got beat. You're gonna get beat sometimes, and so. He always looks looks exasperated when as a breakdown, but it's his fault a lot of the times. All right, so I'm gonna go church on y'all. Oh, I like this. All right, what's the original sin? Saying bitch on the radio. No, 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 no. What's the original sin? Is it pride eating of the apple? Eating the apple, right? Oh, that's not the sin because they didn't technically know what sin was. The original sin is Adam saying, "She gave it to me." Passing the blame, then then Eve oh. saying, and, and oh by the way, God, you made her. So now he's putting the blame back on God. God, you made her, and she gave me the apple, right? And then Eve says, "Well, the snake tricked me." And by the way, God, you made the snake. So that's what LeBron does. He does the original sin. He blames everybody else. So, but he but he wants. So to did you just say that LeBron James is going to hell? No, God. We all do that. God, that would be God asking. That would be Michael Jordan asking (laughs) LeBron why you just sucked in the finals. So Michael Jordan Jordan is God, LeBron is Adam, and J.R. Smith is Eve. Who's the snake? I think we need to take up an official offer. Durant must be the snake. (laughs) We need Uh, a new plane. Yeah, (laughs) it looks like we're taking communion here. Let's pass we can't keep this sports talk up around the nation without a transportation. We need a new plane. Yes. Let's yeah. pass the plate, the collision plate yeah. around. That's right. Oh. But no, I mean, that's true. He, he, he cannot accept blame. Just see, listen to how picky you guys are, though. Like, y'all pick, y'all pick 
him to pieces. Like, if you want to talk about... Yeah, but it's just because you have nothing. Okay. You just say, oh, now, he played with if, better players. If, if, if Jordan were in a series and his defensive assignment were not Durant... I guarantee you, in the stretch, he would have been guarding. Screw what the coach says. I got him. That's the difference between Jordan and LeBron. And I'm not saying LeBron's not 1A. I love LeBron. But I'm talking about toughness and grit and some dog in him. That's what I love. Now, on the the down low, on the sly, Steph Curry's starting to plant seeds in people's brains. And he's given a couple of interviews, and they talk to him about the future with this Golden State team. And he's quick to say, well, you know, some of these guys in this locker room got three championships. Question is, how many more are we going to get? And I think that's his passive-aggressive Steffies for, y'all better look at me, because I got just as many rings as LeBron does now. And the question is, is if they keep this team intact out there in Golden State, how many he could wind up with? And don't get lost in the, oh, old KD, KD. Steph got him one without KD. And we forget, we give the LeBron team a pass. You know, that LeBron team went out there, and yeah, you had Curry. But after Curry, you had Tristan Thompson and Draymond Green. That's not, that is not a super team. That's just a good ball club. And that good ball club got their first championship. No, that's a great over LeBron. That's a great. That's a great team. Draymond Green. You're going to say that Draymond Green is a component of a great team. Draymond Green would. Yeah. yeah. Oh, uh, Draymond Green. You're right about that. No, I mean that's a great team. It's he's not a, just he's a, good a great team. piece. I mean, if if I was looking, if team. I was playing, if I was playing NBA 2K, and I had the opportunity to take three players to put a team together, and I could choose LeBron. Kyrie and Kevin Love or Curry, Thompson, Draymond Green, I'm going to take James Love and Kyrie and I'm going to work you over. Well, the funny thing about it is that same, that first year they got their ring, and Uh correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. That's the same year that K-Love went down with a hurt shoulder. That was the next year. LeBron in 2015 might be the greatest performance ever because he did it without Kevin Love And and Kyrie. 2015, I'm not taking anything away. 2015 is a is a seminal moment in LeBron James history. Because he took two games off of that we, we have by like himself. 42. Yeah, LeBron. I mean, 2015, can't take it away. But you get, the year that he did have Kevin Love and Kyrie, I know. Steph got him. But Jordan's never won anything without Scottie Pippen, though. That's a fact. And, you know, but, there but was I, only two teams that had two players on the original Dream t- Team, and one of them was the Bulls. Like, I mean – Scotty Pippen was a dream team, or the other was Carl Malone and uh, John Stockton. I got you. Let's I mean, look. Up, let's look real quick. If you put if you put together your top five all time, except for LeBron and Jordan, who are your next five greatest players of all time? Think about that for a second. Break, Trent. Who are your top five all time? I know you don't need time to think about this. You're the professor. You got a mind like a steel trap. Top five all time, except Jordan and LeBron. Probably you got Magic Johnson. Okay. Who Larry never Bird. won a championship without Kareem. Larry, Larry Bird. Bird. We'll finish that thought on the other side. We'll finish it on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage. 
and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey, Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on. Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. We're back on this LeBron-Michael thing. We're taking it a little bit deeper than we had before. Trent, you're two players into your all-time top five. Yeah, Kareem. Kareem. How, all right, now, the Kareem is an interesting one. How many how many championships did Kareem win? Six. Okay, one of those was Oscar Robertson. Five of those were with Magic Johnson. So and, and he played to as like seventy years. I, old. I, I mean, I got it. But we we're three three players into your list here, and we're we're clearly identifying the Robin to the Batman, Doctor J. Doctor J. Believe. Look who look at that team that won that NBA championship. That's as good a team as it ever played. I'd like to see that team play Golden State. I can't believe fold, we're fold, like fold. four players in, and you haven't mentioned Timmy D. Yet. Tim Duncan. Tim Duncan. Yeah. I'm going to let Trent finish his five. I, Duncan ought to be in the conversation. The Diesel. Shaq? That's it. Okay, and Shaq got four championships, three with Kobe, one with Dwayne Wade. Who's your top five, B? Uh, t- I like Timmy D. Actually, he's- Duncan got five championships. Am I – Yeah. Yes. No, two- he got – Yeah. He- no, he got – Five. Yeah, he did. He got Two five. of them with David Robinson. Two of them with Manu and Tony Parker. Mm, they're not like superstars. They're not like top fifty players. David Robinson is. David no, Robinson. No, he, he got is. the first two with David Robinson. Okay. okay. He is. Yeah. Um probably had to say Shaq Kobe in there. Okay. Um Magic. Was that five yet? That's four. I'm probably Larry missing Bird, somebody. Dude. Larry Bird. He's I mean Larry. Larry Bird, I mean, he did get three back to back to back MVPs. You know, I heard somebody comparing Isaiah Thomas said he wasn't any good though. Yeah, but he wasn't on the dream team either. Maybe that's why. He got blackballed by like three of the best players that's ever lived. Bricky. Who you got? Kobe, Kareem, Magic, Barkley, Duncan. Okay, so four of the five won world championships. (laughs) Three of the five indisputably had Hall of Famers around them when they won. Duncan... The first two we had with David Robinson. The second, or the the next group of three, Ginobili, Parker. Steve Kerr. (laughs) Ginobili's going to be a Hall of Famer. Ginobili is going to be a Hall of Famer. Tony Parker might be. Parker might be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, but they're still not. They're still not. Yeah, I, I got you. I got you. I mean. Now, Kawhi Leonard was on one of those teams, too, now. Just think about. If Ray Allen hadn't hit that shot, the discussion we'd be having about Timmy oh, D right now. If Ray Allen doesn't six. bail out the Heat with that, because that that series was over. over, it was over. And Ray Allen falling out of bounds hits that three. They come back, force overtime. That was bananas. And had Duncan got six and LeBron was still sitting on two, that is a completely different animal. 
But interesting, though, that in that moment that you look at, I'm not taking against LeBron because LeBron was the heart and soul of that team. Bosh, Allen, Wade were all second fiddle to LeBron. But it was Ray Allen that single-handedly, without getting the dish or anything like that, it was Allen that bailed them out of the fire, not LeBron. So my point is, is that for the most part, you can look at these guys. Kareem is a prime example. People forget, well, yeah, you got a sixth championship back there in Milwaukee. With Oscar freaking Robertson, these guys that we put on the all-time greatest list all had a supporting cast like that. Here's my issue with LeBron. The only reason LeBron doesn't have a supporting cast like that is because he has chosen not to. Nobody told his ass to leave Miami. Him and Wade and Bosch, they could have they could have kept it going indefinitely. No, nah, nah. Wade had jumped the shark. His game had way declined by the time he left Miami. And Bosch was like one season away from being out of the game. I mean, we didn't know that, though. We no, didn't we know, didn't that, know at that, that at the time, but it's but a fact. LeBron went back to Cleveland and orchestrated a series of moves. It was LeBron that wanted to bring Kevin Love in and give up Andrew Wiggins and picks for him, which is kind of ludicrous in retrospect. He wanted to go there knowing Kyrie was the number one pick in the draft and was going to be a center of gravity there. He got there, filled the team up with his guys, and then runs Kyrie out of town, and now is complaining that he doesn't have enough help. I, you, you just cannot ignore is this. Is he complaining, though? Is he complaining? At every opportunity that he gets, that he, you know, talking can, about how great this Cleveland team is. You know, I need my guys to, yeah. to step how up. How much could have they used Crowder and Isaiah Thomas? Oh, in my this God. Final? Crowder Crowder would have been a, a difference maker in this. And if Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah somebody else to was, score. If Isaiah Thomas could have figured out, and, and I'm not going to give Isaiah Thomas a pass because that dude is three handfuls, I'm sure, with his attitude and what he thinks of his own game. But you've got to find a way to make that work. And we've talked about the whole Rodney Hood thing. Game four, Rodney Hood was the best player on the floor for Cleveland, not named LeBron James, and it's not even close. The fact that because of attitudes, and whether it's Ty Lue's fault, whether it's LeBron James' fault, the fact that you can't make it work with guys that have that much talent, who did Michael Jordan ever run out of Chicago that was any good? No, I mean, if you ask – Luke Longley. <laughs> Bill Winnington. I mean, he got and and Jordan certainly. This is the other piece of that. If LeBron James has had the ear of the front office, to to put it lightly, Jordan never had any say. He played for the same ownership group that said players don't win championships. He, you know, Michael Jordan. If you think back to the Charles Oakley deal, screamed bloody murder when the Bulls dealt Oakley for Bill Cartwright. Jordan took the guys that he was given to be around him, and I'm sure he had some input. He hated the Kukoc pick. I don't know if you remember that. No, he, I think he was just trying to support his man Pippen because Pippen hated the Kukoc pick. Remember when they went? He, he went at Kukoc uh, yep. in the uh, the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So I think he was just trying to support his man Pippen. But I mean, so the bigger point is that everybody, all these greatest. Players had that won championships had a lot of help. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Absolutely. I don't think that LeBron meant to run Kyrie out. I think Kyrie, when he was drafted, 
He was promised before LeBron even got there that he was going to be the man. He wants to be the man. And I'm guilty of telling – how many times, Chris, did I say, did I say LeBron needs to stop p- petting him on the top of the head like yeah. he's his son? I do think he got that got a little old. But, you know, the first year they played together, there was no problem. I just think Kyrie <laughs> got tired of hearing it's LeBron, it's LeBron, it's LeBron, and he decided to leave. And he is lucky he didn't shipped, get shipped to a, a bad team. He got right. shipped to the Celtics. He lucked out. But um, – I don't know. Could could Jordan have brought this team as far as LeBron did? This particular team this season, I don't know that. I don't know that the way this team was playing down the stretch, if Jordan could have gotten them to the finals. No, I don't. I think he could have gotten them to the finals. He still wouldn't have won. I, I don't. I don't think so either. I'm not taking the fact that they lost in the finals against this juggernaut from Golden State. I'm not holding that against LeBron. What I'm holding against him is the implosion that we've seen with the psyche of these guys. And there's a report. There was a report coming out of Cleveland from one of the local Cleveland writers who wouldn't name the player that said if Kyrie was still here, we'd have been up 3-0. Yeah. And it's a legit report. And it just shows where those guys are at. They are tired of this dude. I, you know, and that was what J.R. Smith was is his guy. And J.R. Smith at this point's got to be like, I'm done with this dude. Rodney Hood was saying that was the, that's the problem. He had no confidence, and he had so much trouble dealing with the LeBron factor. When you win, you guys are the king of the worlds. When you lose, the whole world is crumbling. His whole psyche was destroyed, almost, and that's why he was so bad. Almost every player, when they're interviewed individually, say they're a better player because they play with LeBron James. Like, I mean, what else are you going to say? Rodney, Rodney Hood sealed his own fate when he wouldn't come out off the bench. Well, I mean, the, in my the, eyes, the Robert, fact, Robert, what, am what I I'm right about that? You, I what I'm telling you, though, what I'm telling you, and I – I absolutely 100% agree. Once it got to the point where Rodney Hood refused to go in the game, they, I, I, were I the ownership in the ownership group there, I would have wanted to cut him. The fact that it got to that point in the first place. Where, where was Jordan Clarkson in this in I've this been finals? saying that from the very beginning. Where's that $11.5 million player per year? Where is he? Well, sitting, on the, the, sitting on the bench because Ty Luke can't even figure out what his rotation is going to be. And these kids come in, and you're right. You look at Larry Nance Jr. who comes out, and Larry Nance Jr. is like, I, you know, my, my, my game is advanced so much from being around LeBron. What, these guys want to be a part of the process. When you look at the Chicago Bulls teams that Jordan had, and you put your finger on a particular player, there was no question what their role on that team was. If yeah. you were Hodges, Kerr, getting out there, spot up, we're going to get you for a three every once in a while. Pippen, dude, lock down whomever. If you're in the post, get out there, clean it up, rebound, get the putbacks. And this Cleveland team is just forever evolving. What? And and, and it's not just about the, the spare parts. Kevin Love, Bricky, define for me Kevin Love's role on this Cavaliers team over the last three or four years. It's changed Weekly. Dude, you're talking about a guy that was a franchise player three or four years ago, and fair or not, he was most definitely the best player on an NBA team. You bring him in here, and you can't even decide what you want the guy to do. So LeBron James is the reason that this guy has has panic attacks on the court. <laughs> Even LeBron James causes health problems with players. Like, is that what I'm hearing, David? I'm like, not. It's not. A, it's not a, a question of the panic attacks. I'm. I'm asking you seriously. 
You and you follow the Cavs closely. You tell me what Kevin Love's role on the team is. Is he a post player that's supposed to get in there, rebound, and play defense in the post? Is he a guy that's supposed to be a spot up three point shooter? Because it has just evolved and evolved back and changed over over the course of time. The whole time say, he's been there, I will say clearly his game has changed with the absence of a true point guard. Because he's not able to spot up and do these different things like he used to. And the team he came from, their offense, who did he come from? The Timberwolves? Yep. They just handed him the ball and said, shoot. Simple as that. It sounds like Phil Jackson was a hell of a lot better coach than Tyler. Boom. We'll finish that thought on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, and of course, companionship. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. Fantastic cat. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. All right, welcome back to the final half hour from the Chief Seats. I'm Chris Lambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, Diamond Dave Kaplan, and the inimitable Robert Bricky in studio. And uh, on a week that was hard to find things to talk about sports-wise, I think we've done okay. There may be a contingent of you out there that's like, I'm so sick of hearing this LeBron Jordan thing. Um, get used to it whether you listen to this show or, or anything else, because LeBron is about to take over your summer. Unless you're a baseball fan, you're just not going to be able to get away. And here shortly, LeBron's got to make the decision as to whether he opts in or opts out. I think a lot of people are going to be surprised because I'm not going to be surprised to see him opt in and force a trade. Because opting out really kind of limits where he can go money-wise. An opt-in means that he has to be signed and or he has to be traded, which opens up a whole lot more flexibility. Um, before we get too much farther down the road, though, I do want to talk about the Charlotte Hornets for just a second. We are a North Carolina-based show, and we don't give the Hornets a lot of love because they suck. Um, Kimball Walker's coming into a contract year. Got a relatively good deal, making about $12 million a year, if I'm not mistaken. And the question for Charlotte is if they try to build in free agency and through the draft this year, they have another lottery pick, but it's a lame lottery pick. They pick at 11. Do they try to cobble together something to try to get back into the playoffs? Because this Charlotte team's not going not a team that's going to make any hay even if they get to the postseason. You know, if LeBron James owned the Hornets, 
they'd be in the playoffs every year. <laughs> what 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 did you just say? He wasn't listening. No, no. He, he tuned me out. What are we talking about? Part what of just the happened? problem with the Hornets is Michael Jordan owns the Hornets. He does. <laughs> He does. And and LeBron has clearly stated that he wants to own an NBA franchise. Um, See, I don't think his contract money matters in that case. I mean, you're talking the difference of a few million dollars. He makes his money in endorsements, so that's does. his deal. So the difference between a max deal and an Five million less than a max is not a big deal if you want to continue to win and put together a team where you can chase a ring. Then your endorsements dollar dollars multiply. Here's what I would do if I was a GM for the Hornets. Forget the top five picks, okay? I wouldn't be calling up Bagley, who also had something interesting to say. He says anybody talking about Aiton getting drafted number one is disrespectful. So that's starting to heat up. Well, it's yeah. funny because Aiton has said he's not even going to work out for anybody except the Suns because he's going to be the number one player taken. So These guys, I love it, man. That That is heating up. So we won't just be talking about LeBron. But if I was the Hornets GM, anybody in that five to top 15 range, I would go to them and say, hey, listen – if we draft you, are you going to be – will you play in Charlotte? <laughs> you have to have a certain kind of buy-in because they did have that golden ticket when they drafted Kobe Bryant. But he was saying all along, I'm not going to play there. Like, I mean, you were wasting your draft pick, and then we ended up getting Vladi Divot out of it. You know what I mean? But, so, but don't pretend, though, that – I mean, it's revisionist history to go back. Kobe wasn't Kobe then. He wasn't – nobody knew who Kobe was. He, you know, that was the, that was an era. I think where, you're downplaying his hype. It wasn't LeBron hype, but it was pretty big hype for back then. Like, I mean, don't downplay it to the point. Of course, nobody knew he was going to have five rings, but but that's what I would do. Like, if you hit the lottery, and let's say like it won't happen because you think. But what if Knox slid to the number eleven pick? Then, and that is that in the initial mock drafts that are out there. Kevin Knox is available at 11 in a lot of those. That's not going to happen. By the time we get through this entire workout process, Kevin Knox is not going to be there. If Kevin Knox is, he's a perfect fit for the for the Hornets. They take that, run with it, and start immediately trying to negotiate a lifetime extension for him. And you already said, if the Hornets get Kevin Knox, he will be the rookie of the year. I agree. I, I mean, I said well, it, and I agree, agree with myself. No, 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 I, and, and I want to double down on that because Kevin Knox in that system right now, everything runs through Kemba Walker. You have Dwight Howard, who is probably going to start the season on that roster as it stands now. Other than that, you where are your points going to come from? Kevin Knox is going to get an unlimited amount of opportunities to score if he goes there. That's what he will do well. If he learns to play defense and becomes a well-rounded player, you're talking about a potential all-star type guy available. When this whole draft process is done, the two guys that I see that are lead pipe cinches to have an impact in the NBA from day one are Marvin Bagley III and Kevin Knox. You've got some undersized point guards. Some of these guys are going to hit, some are not. I personally don't think Trey Young will. I do think Colin Sexton will. But... There's no guarantee when you're talking about a six-foot point guard. 
When you start looking, Wendell Carter, Brandon and I have been back and forth and back and forth about this for weeks. Brandon really likes what he sees with Wendell Carter. I don't like what I see. One of us is going to be wrong. One of us is going to be right. Brandon said from jump, Malik Monk was a bad pick for the Hornets last year. I thought it was a great pick, but I honestly thought, don't even ask me how, I thought Malik Monk was bigger than he is. I didn't see him as a 6'3 guy when he was at Kentucky. He's too little. And to play the two in the NBA, what he is is, you know, you've got this run on 3 and D guys. That's the new thing. 3 and D. And Tristan Thompson, not to take anything away from him, Tristan Thompson is the top of the mountain when you talk about 3 and D guys. He's a lockdown defender who can drill the three. Everything else, you just kind of come down from there until you get to guys like Malik Monk, who is a sometimes three, no D guy. And that's what they've got. Malik Monk at this point I don't think is anything more than a fringe NBA player moving forward because he will not play defense. He doesn't have the handles or the vision on the ball to be effective. He's a spot-up, undersized three-point shooter who is streaky at best. The Hornets blew it again. And this is the long line in lottery picks that just have not panned out. You can't keep missing like this. Well, um, SI currently has Colin Sexton. Number 11. Just food for thought. They got Knox has moved up to number nine. Oh, and Knox is going to continue to move up, I think, through this process. You know what's crazy looking at this? What's crazy? Draft, and this goes more to NCAA basketball than anything else. There is not a graduating senior. It's unbelievable, isn't in it? In the first round. I know. Projected. It's unbelievable. I mean, that's nuts. <laughs> well, no, no, wait a minute. Grayson I mean, Allen. I get it. I get it. Grayson Allen's got to be projected in the first round. Well, not on the SI list. Okay. Well, the SI list. I think Grayson Allen gets picked up at the end. There's a bone for you, Duke folks out there. I think I do think he's the fifth Duke player taken. Um, you are tripping. You don't think he'll go in the first round? <laughs> bad, bad joke. I've had one too many. Uh, <laughs> Airline bottles this morning. I think, I think that joke flopped. Yes. There's, that's an even better one. I like that. Thanks. So, when you talk about the underclassmen that dominate this whole procedure, Bricky, I'm going to ask you to give some analysis on college basketball because you do know a little bit about it. DeAndre Ayton or Mo Bamba. If you're going to take one of them, which is it going to be? And I'm going to I'm going to dress this up for you, because Aiton is being looked at as a well-rounded player who is a defensive presence. You got Mo Bamba. This guy's wingspan is seven foot ten, and he is a willing defender who I don't think has any illusions about playing face in the basket. Right. Talk to me. I'll give Aiton the edge simply because I think he's. Currently, a little more advanced yeah. offensively. But I, I love the fact that they're both kind of throwback guys, big guys, protect the rim, can score on the box. Uh, I love that throwback basketball. And if you look at a guy like um, DeAndre Jordan, every team wants a rim protector. Remember when uh, Roy Hibbert was, was a decent rim protector? Man, I remember when Roy Hibbert was an all-star. And, and he disappeared and he off the face of the planet. I don't know what happened. But 
I mean, when you got a guy that can influence or change or block shots, that's a big deal. So I love both of those guys, but I'll give Aiden the edge at this moment. All right. Anybody else want to weigh in or do are just going to? No, I mean, you know my position on bigs, strict big rim protectors. Like, I mean, they're like point guards. There's too much risk. I like Bagley would be the no-brainer at number one if you're going to take anybody. Now, that's this kid, I'm surprised to hear you say that a little bit, but that's interesting. Well, I mean, this kid out of Real Madrid is like saying that he might that not even want to play. The crap out of I him. just I don't want to touch somebody that he has even made the comment. Right. I don't know if I want to play in the NBA. So I'm staying away from him. But, yeah, big, large rim protectors. Like, I mean, I just – I just, you know, look look at how the game's changed. Look at Whiteside. Remember, what was his impact on the playoffs at all this year? I mean, he's a big, right? Right. I just think the game has shifted to this Golden State spread. And, um, you know, you have to be super special, like Anthony Davis big, super special for me to – You're, you're, you're right. And you look at Anthony Davis, you look but at Carl Anthony Towns. Spread, he he can step out. Who's that? Davis. Anthony, or Davis. Davis. Anthony Davis. Yeah, yeah, Davis. Yeah, so he fits that spread mold. I think there's still room for a big rim protector. At one, though? I mean, I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm just making sure that we're we're driving the point on it. And the thing about it. Depends on your needs. Now, I watched uh, Phoenix play. They need everything. So, yeah, but you can, can't you go rent like a Dwight Howard? You know, I mean, can't you go rent a big but he's like not, right now? But see, he's not a rim protector anymore. His athleticism is gone. Okay. I thought he played well for Charlotte. He, I thought he played I great. I thought he had a really he, good he's year. The best move they, best postseason move they made in years. Better than he's I've seen him play in about four or five years. Yeah, because I think he finally bought into his role. He well, wanted to be the go-to guy, give me the ball on the block and let me score. You've never been that dude, and so you were trying to be something that you're not. I think he finally accepted his role and had a great year. Well, there's a lot to be said for coaching, too, when it comes to that because the, the, one of the reasons the move was genius was that Steve Clifford was there who had history with Dwight Howard through some of his best years, right. and it worked out. You're talking about a double-double machine throughout the course of the season, but you double-double machine on a horrible team that was just good enough not to be at the top of the lottery. And that's where these these guys find themselves. And in and the last seven lottery picks that Charlotte's taken, the only one that's even noteworthy is Kimba. And then you look at you look at Michael K. Gilchrist, who's a marginal starter, yeah. and you throw in you know Zeller and Kaminsky yeah. and the rest yeah. of the Vonley. Yeah. You just can't keep missing. And people talk about Golden State. Well, Durant went out there. Durant went out there. No, Golden State was Golden State was a team that was pretty good that took those mid-lottery, early playoff-level picks and converted them into Clay Thompson, Harrison Barnes, those type guys, and that's what built this team. You, you, Michael Jordan, listen to me, bud. You can't keep missing. Mitch Kupchak is in the house, and when I look at Kupchak's draft history – it doesn't give me any confidence. Well, here's the deal. You got to be looking at Philly, how they were rewarded for tanking. Tanking. Charles Barkley says you don't want to be the Hornets. He uses that team specifically just barely in or just barely out of the playoffs. Right. You're going to continue in this trend of having, you know, 
nine through eleven, or the eleventh pick in the draft. I got you, but you've you've got to be able out. to get something out of that nine to eleven pick. You can't have Kaminsky, who in year three finally starts to become a little bit of an offensive component of your team. You've got to hit, and you just can't keep whiffing. And that's what's been the the history. We got one segment left. Come on back. You're hanging out from the cheap seats. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me, you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I got to say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. We got one segment left. Thanks for hanging out with us. Trent. Yes. Shohei Otani. When are we going to see him pitch again? Oh, it's very, very sad. For somebody that came in with all the excitement, I mean, you were talking about him a year and a half ago, and he came in like Babe Ruth doing stuff that only Babe Ruth could do. And now with this injury that I fear is, I mean, it's real bad. I mean, you're looking at 2020 before. Mm. He is uh, going to be pitching, and that means he's not hitting either. So. The reports coming out of the Angels camp, uh, this UCL strain has been upgraded to two, which is sort of the last stop before Tommy John surgery. And I think it's looking more and more inevitable. Tommy that, John, I mean, that's 15 to 18 months recoup. So, And then it's an absolute crapshoot after that. Some yep. of these guys actually pick up a mile or two per hour on their velocity, and other guys just never make it back to what they were. And my first question would be is, if he has Tommy Don surgery, do you think there's any way he continues to be a two-way player? Whew. I mean, there's so many things to put yourself at risk. It's Look at so- Tanaka last week. Yeah. Running the bases and strains both hamstrings. And boom, he's on the DL. Dude, that's a that, – that is proof that John Crook had it right when he said, I'm not an athlete, I'm a baseball player. <laughs> this dude running the bases pulled both hamstrings. I've never, ever heard of that <laughs> in any sport. How did he do that? Wow. Like, my running neck, the bases, both hamstrings. He was like, my neck, my back, my neck, and my back. <laughs> that sounds like we went and tried to play softball or something. I mean, right? Hey, and, guys, speaking of that, when are we going to – I know Babe Ruth was – but when are we going to start stop comparing people to Babe Ruth? I'm pretty, I'm pretty Dude. convinced that Dave Kaplan could play in the same league. Well, it's not Babe Ruth. It's not that we're saying right then and now. That's the person, the numbers that he's going yeah, against. Yeah, I don't it's not see, like he's, he's Babe not a baseball Ruth. guy. He didn't really. Base, Babe Ruth was the best pitcher in baseball. No, I know when he was traded from the Red Sox to the Yankees, and. Yeah, I mean, Otani, that was part of the excitement to see a That's two-way just, guy, yeah. and it doesn't last. But it speaks to a bigger problem that baseball's got with these guys throwing the ball 100 miles an hour. And Jose Reyes down in, in St. Louis, uh, St. Louis, who's who's been looked at as, 
you know, a frontline number one legit starter, you know, has started the injury bug bit. They've been prudent. They've tried to baby him, get him through it. And now he's blown his arm out again. And these guys that are throwing the ball 100 miles an hour, there's a reason that up to about 20 years ago, there were only a handful of guys that had that had passed 100 on the radar gun. And now you guys, guys, you got these guys that are doing it on the regular. It's too much strain on the ligaments and the tendons. Well, and I think you see this like it's a common thing. Everybody's throwing 100. Yeah, it's amazing how it's evolved. A lot of the issue is that split ball fastball. I wouldn't be surprised in the next five to ten years if they put that in the contract. You cannot throw oh, the that. split finger. You may see these guys going say, back to less velocity to have them extend their careers. I'm going to say this right now. If Roy Hobbs couldn't do it, then this dude can't do it. You I mean, how I'm many saying? times did Tommy Maddox blow out – or not Tommy, Greg Maddox, Greg Maddox blow yeah, out Greg his – Greg Maddox is eating up the corners. Never blew out his arm. I just don't think okay. with that kind of player and that kind of talent that you would want to risk having him be a two-way player. Because, I mean, as you get older, these quick burst sports – like, I, I'll give you an example. I got a buddy of mine that he'll play, you know, church basketball, never got an injury. But when you're sitting over there on the bench and it's fall and then you're not warmed up and – he tore his Achilles just getting to first base. Like so, I mean, why would you even want to risk this kind of talent by putting them at the plate? The Angels, it's simple. Otani did them a solid. Had he waited one more year to come in as a free agent, he could have commanded probably a quarter billion dollars. He signed for a relative pittance under the existing rules. And that was part of the conditions of him signing, is that he was insistent, I want to be a two-way player. Now, what you see is you watch college base, college baseball, the World Series is in full swing right now. A lot of your top college players do double duty, and they'll come in from left field and they'll pitch an inning or two, and they get drafted one way or the other. And in some cases, in the minor leagues, after you take these guys, not normally with a, with a number, you know, with a top prospect, but a lot of these guys that are fourth to 20th round prospects, it's a sort of feeling out period. And they'll give these guys a shot to play in the field if that's what they want to do or pitch if they want to do. And then two or three years down the road, if it hadn't worked out, they revert back and they do the other. You just don't see the two-way guys coming up. And look at that great example of a pitcher who got the yips and couldn't do it and then came back and was a pretty average, nice yeah. home run hitter, Rick Ankiel. Yes, you know, for the Cardinals. He was a top prospect as a pitcher. Yeah. And mentally something well, when, happened. And when he, he came up, he was, he was a great pitcher. Yeah. And, and something then happened. They mental, had the mental block, couldn't find the strike zone. and took, and it took up years to the evolve, the, and then he uh, became an outfielder and had a nice pop, probably hit 20 yeah. home runs a game. Now, I, a I, year. Do wanna, I, I do want to <laughs> hear, and, and Brandon, I'm sure that you haven't heard this because you hate baseball, but there is there was an article written by Buster Olney a week ago, and he proposed that Major League Baseball, as part of making the game more interesting and making starting pitching important again, he proposed a rule change that you could only use four pitchers in a single game. Now, there would be allowances made if the game went to extra innings or if it was a blowout and you you know, you know didn't want to burn up pitching staff. Trent, where are you at with that? No. Cap says no. I'm with you 
No. Trent, what do you? I I agree. Yeah, I don't think you can limit it. I mean, that's just you're adding a whole different strategy, and that's not what it's about. One thing that I did hear that I like is they're going to regulate how many players can be on a certain side of the field because of all this shifting and going on. It's become the norm. It's so ridiculous that it is and it's just making hitters not have to learn how to be how to hit i man here's the thing i've I've played men's softball at the highest levels and that kind of shift you see all the time i mean and if you can't drop the ball the opposite way you're just gonna make an out unless (laughs) you you unless you can park it i mean i get the pitching thing because now it used to be a guy would go you look at a greg maddox or a pitcher like that he was good to go seven or eight nine innings in an outing, and now you got all right. Get you to five, and then you got the setup to the setup man, then the setup man for the setup man. Well, more than that, Dave. I don't know if you've been. I don't know if you've been following closely at all. But the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, yeah, have been starting their closer, yeah, and pitching an inning, and then having you know whoever was scheduled to start come in. I think it's interesting, yeah. and I don't think it's yeah. something well, that, that people are going to do as a norm. But be a trend. I think it's. Yeah. Better for the casual fan because when I'm watching, I don't even watch until October, okay? So let's just keep it real. But when I'm watching it and they bring in the third different pitcher in the same inning, I'm like, geez. Am I going to spend yeah, the next they, four they, hours? talking about pitching to certain batters. See, here's the, here's the problem. Yeah. Baseball's got a bunch of purists, and they don't want anything to change about the game. And the game is dying because the the – the generation that used to watch baseball is dying. So how do you engage a younger audience now? Brick, They've got it's to nothing, do something. It is nothing they're going to do with the game as it stands now. The reason baseball is dying, we talked about early in the show, kids are not playing baseball. I get that. And those but, kids don't play baseball, so they can't relate. All these yeah, kids, every one of these yeah, kids, white, black, Hispanic, tall, short, fat, skinny, yeah, so, they're all playing basketball. So they're going to have a crisis at some point. They are having a crisis right and, now. They and, just haven't recognized yeah, it yet. And so – I'm not saying doing things drastic, but you've got to do something to evolve or die. Think about all the things in our lifetime we thought would never die. We go back to eight track tape players to cassettes to CD. I mean, we died. Blockbuster was a billion dollar chain. It's dead. Well, bring up. I mean, so I'm telling you, Blockbuster. That's funny you said it. Told you wild animals in the outfield. I swear that, that is one work. option. Here's the here's the thing with baseball is baseball has right. become a truly global game. Right. In that, when you look at it, how many African American baseball players are on major league rosters right now? Not a lot. No, I think less than sixty. Yeah, and at one point it was down to almost none. Yeah. And major league baseball came in, put some academies in place, and tried to do some stuff to save that. But when you look across the board, American players in a lot of situations are not even the majority of a roster. Right. These guys from Central and South America are coming up. So baseball has become a global sport, but they're still reliant on American television dollars. Right. And when the television networks figure out, Americans don't give a damn about their current delivery system. Even a guy like me who's a real baseball fan, I'm paying for the MLB Extra Innings Package monthly and I never, ever, ever watch anybody during the regular season but the Cincinnati Reds. And MLB can't figure out a way to just give me the Reds games on television. You better figure it out because there's only so many years I'm going to give them my money. And millennials sure as hell right. ain't going to give them their money. 
They better fix it now because if they're eventually the TV networks will figure it out. And it's not an arms race anymore because these monopolies are just right. eating one another. And eventually they're going to be like, you know what? Yeah, the, the money that. just doesn't make any sense anymore. And the anymore. big thing is Sunday night baseball. It's the premier baseball game, 8 o'clock, only one on on Sunday. This week, Subway Series, New York Mets versus the New York Yankees. 40% of the uh, stands were empty. Nobody showed up. Well, to the older people, baseball is the only sport where the word nuance is used ever because there's all these things that your casual fan doesn't understand because there's certain nuances to the game. You know, they just got rid of this year the four balls. They're just waving people. You know, that drives some people crazy. It does. I don't, yeah. I don't, I never, because I can't relate. And I'm like, how could the process of, of executing an intentional walk, which takes about 45 seconds. Everybody knows what's going down. How could that be a thing? I, I just don't, I don't get it. And there are mash, there are things that can happen during the, the, the parameters that are laid forth. I, I just don't get it, man. And here's the thing, especially given technology the way it is now, I very rarely watch a game live. I tape it. And I watch it after my family's asleep. I don't care if the game, you know, if there's a pitching change. When the pitching change happens and goes commercial, guess what I'm about to do? Nope. Zap right through the commercials. And look, if if the time that it takes to play a game is all that Major League Baseball sees as their problem, it's going to die. See, yeah, but what I don't understand, kids, is it's guaranteed money, buddy. Go make your millions. I hear you, man. All right, you've been listening from the Cheap Seats. We'll see you guys next week. Trivia. Enjoy. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.